Welcome to episode 11 of the RMD podcast from Reverse Mortgage Daily. I'm Chris Clow, editor of RMD. In this episode, being recorded in the midst of the COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic, we spoke with Dr. Wade Fow, professor of retirement income at the American College of Financial Services and founder of retirementresearcher.com, to discuss what the realities are for retirement planning and the incorporation of home equity into those plans while the world is gripped by this pandemic. Since global financial markets have seen heightened levels of volatility due to the effects of this health crisis, certain retirees and financial planners may be motivated to look toward additional sources of liquidity, and home equity is one such possibility. Listen in as Dr. Fow and I discuss these new realities, his own origin story when it comes to coming around on reverse mortgages, and more. Dr. Fow, thank you so much for taking the time to join me on the RMD podcast. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So obviously the landscape of retirement planning has changed pretty significantly when compared with how things looked as recently as a month ago due to the COVID-19 pandemic. But before we dive into the uh, home equity and reverse mortgage specific remedies to some of the current issues that are possible What would you say has caused the most material impact on the ways in which those at or near retirement have had to plan out their post-working lives? Well, yeah, it's kind of a combination of two factors. And the one that's been ongoing is the low interest rate environment and how lower interest rates really make retirement more expensive to fund. And then, of course, more recently as well with the market volatility and the market downturn how that can affect people's ability to really sustain the same lifestyle they may have anticipated when their portfolios were significantly larger than they might be today, depending on how their asset allocation and everything's played out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. And um, the thing that seems to be most helpful just in terms of reverse mortgage features is the, the Heckam line of credit. How can the Heckam line of credit serve as a remedy to this current situation, particularly in light of all of the market volatility that, uh, that markets all over the place are experiencing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's a few different ways to think about it. And it, it all boils down to this idea in retirement income planning of the sequence of returns risk. Mm-hmm. How if you're trying to fund a lifestyle in retirement, so you're trying to meet a spending goal, and if your portfolio then declines in value in the early retirement years, that digs a hole for the portfolio because it forces you to spend a, a higher percentage of what's left to meet that goal. And then that creates this hurdle that you have to get higher and higher returns to avoid having further portfolio declines. And then even if the overall market recovers, a retiree spending from their portfolio might not get to enjoy that recovery. And and that sequence of returns risk, it's really, it amplifies the impact of investment volatility. And so that's where a reverse mortgage can fit into this in a number of different ways to help alleviate that risk on the investment portfolio with that growing line of credit that's not exposed to the market volatility, Mm -hmm. whether it's just to refinance an existing mortgage in retirement so that you reduce your fixed expenses in those pivotal early retirement years, whether it's like the 10-year payment option so that you're also, again, you get a source of spending so that you don't have to use as high of distribution rate from your investment portfolio, or whether it's one of the coordinated strategies that goes back to a couple of those research articles published in 2012 about how you can coordinate when do you spend from your investments, when do you spend from the reverse mortgage line of credit, and by being strategic, 
So in particular, kind of today's environment, helping to leave the portfolio alone and not spend from it after a market downturn and sourcing that spending from the reverse mortgage line of credit can really help to preserve the investment portfolio and to create long-term positive impacts net of the fees of a reverse mortgage. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You obviously spend a lot of time corresponding with other financial planners. And of course, one of our recent conversations centered around how 77% of an audience of around 230 financial planners in a recent webinar you hosted say they're now more receptive to discussing reverse mortgages with their clients. The source of that receptivity I'm curious about, do you think that it's primarily centered on the line of credit feature or are there any other aspects of a reverse mortgage that makes that product well-suited to helping a retiree stabilize their finances during all of this? Well, I think most of the research has been about the line of credit aspect and especially those coordinated spending strategies. So that's probably what's drawing the most attention. And I call that one of the, it's a buffer asset. It's not necessarily the most precise term, but that ability to just spend from the home equity and to have a resource that's not going to lose value is something that's so powerful to the overall financial plan. And it's, I just, there's a, at the end of the day, there's really only four ways to manage the sequence of returns risk. And this idea of a buffer asset of coordinating spending with the reverse mortgage line of credit is one of those four ways. And if the investment portfolio is always growing, people don't necessarily have to worry about the sequence risk. But now that people are having to deal specifically, it's no longer abstract, it's concrete. So I think that's helping to turn more attention to some of the other means we have to manage this risk mm-hmm. when the portfolio is not always growing, as we had seen with the bull market. Right. Absolutely. When you shared the data point with me about the percentage of planners in the webinar audience that were now receptive to recommending reverse mortgages, you said that you were surprised that the 77% figure was as high as it was. What was the source of that surprise? Did it come from the uniqueness of this current situation, the longstanding perceptions of reverse mortgages, or did it maybe come from somewhere else? Yeah, it was more about that longstanding, this idea of a conventional wisdom that reverse mortgages are not a useful tool for a financial plan. And then with all the broker dealers that aren't allowed to discuss them and everything, I've known that more advisors are being becoming receptive to talking about reverse mortgages. But yeah, I mean, 77% is a pretty high number. So that was, I guess, more than I had expected. Mm -hmm. Sure. In terms of uh, the fact that there are broker dealers who are not allowed to talk about these kinds of remedies with their clients, do you anticipate that something like that could change because of what people are experiencing, that there might be a, a necessity for those rules to be revisited or would it take something else for, for that to take place? Well, that's just part of the, the whole educational process where the compliance departments just already have in in their mind this image that reverse mortgages are bad. And so they need to be educated on how to think about retirement income risk. Now, if because sequence risk is no longer an abstract concept, it's actually happening today, that could help generate people paying more attention and, and getting that education because it is something they're dealing with now. It's not this it's something that could happen. It's something that is happening. So that could generate some change in how people perceive it. Sure. And those those barriers seem to 
always kind of come up and especially with originators that I talk to that try to sort of forge uh, referral partnerships with financial planners. Those barriers are obviously an important element in terms of the conversational flow of information between planners and the reverse mortgage industry. It's hard to imagine that any overarching issues that financial planners have with reverse mortgages are being totally wiped away because of the current ordeal. But do you believe that that increased receptivity, at least in that one instance that might be representative of of something larger, could actually help to potentially weaken that barrier between planners and reverse mortgage products even after the crisis has passed? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Once people... are forced to become more creative with how they think about retirement income. And once they open their mind to these additional tools that are available, there's not really at that point any reason to to turn back once they've overcome that, that hurdle they had with not seeing a need for these tools. Once they understand their role, I think that will, of course, people might get lazy and forget about it a little bit, but for the most part, I think that'll open a lot of doors. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Particularly during this situation, is there anything that you feel reverse mortgage originators can or should do in terms of trying to facilitate more conversations with financial planners? What can those frontlines originators do if they want to try and present a reverse mortgage as a potential solution for problems that the client of a financial planner may have? Well, yeah, I mean, it speaks to the the research I've done, which kind of the A major complaint is reverse mortgages are too expensive. And so the research I do is taking the full retail cost of the reverse mortgage and and noting the advisor is correct in their understanding about the expenses. But it's all about how does this contribute to the overall financial plan? And that's where this, with this idea of sequence of returns risk, it's the gains to the investment portfolio of not locking yourself into those losses are such that at the end of the day, when you add up the value of the home plus the value of remaining investments, less the loan balance due on the reverse mortgage, you have that opportunity to pay off the the cost of the reverse mortgage and still have more net investment assets. So you get a better financial outcome. Mm -hmm. The, The costs are substantial, but the benefits really can exceed the costs. And I think that's a key point that advisors who are just looking at the cost aspect and not thinking about do the benefits outweigh the costs could really help better understand that situation. And so lenders can make that point to them. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I'd like to shift gears a little bit and just kind of ask you about your own quote unquote origin story when it comes to your own receptivity to reverse mortgages. Is that something that you were always aware of that could be highlighted in your own work? Or was there a moment or an instance where you started to realize that reverse mortgages may be worth greater focus from people in the financial planning community? I'm just kind of curious about what your journey was with reverse mortgages. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So being a professor of retirement income, I always knew at some point kind of this to-do list, I better learn about reverse mortgages. I hadn't really done that. And in, I think it was the fall of 2014, either 2014 or 2015, I think 2014, that John Salter wrote to me. uh, He's a Texas Tech professor who's done a lot of that reverse mortgage research. He invited me to a meeting of the Funding Longevity Task Force and just sent me I know, 10 or 15 different research articles about reverse mortgages. 
So I, I didn't know a lot about reverse mortgages beforehand, but once I started reading through that stack of articles on the flight to that meeting, then I started to see, oh, actually, this is a, a pretty interesting tool. <laughs> and so that kind of opened the door to reading more about them, learning more about them, replicating some of that past research that had been done, finding the same types of results, and really then becoming more comfortable with the idea that, yeah, this can be a powerful tool as part of a retirement income plan. When you started to, I guess, more openly talk about reverse mortgages in presentations or lectures that you would give, what was that like in the early days? Was there surprise that this was a component of what you were talking about? Or uh, do you think that the, the case was made pretty plainly because of the features of the product? I, I think there's, I, I kinda, <laughs> so it wasn't my first experience with this kind of area because also, what my research really points out is that risk changes in retirement. And so you really have to go beyond just looking at an investment portfolio to fund a retirement goal. So I've been writing about annuities before reverse mortgages, and they're kind of cousins in all this in terms of they have this negative public perception, but they can provide this really powerful role as part of a retirement income plan to manage these new types of risks. So I was used to getting tomatoes thrown at me when I talk about like these <laughs> unpopular financial products. <laughs> so I get being through that process with annuities already, I was not as surprised when it came to reverse mortgages. But yeah, certainly there's a, a lot of negative perception to them. And so a lot of people kind of wouldn't pay attention to what I'm talking about because they already just have this bias against them already. Do you find that the realities in terms of helping to mitigate sequence of returns risk is the most, I guess, powerful in terms of sort of changing the minds of financial planners? Or are there other aspects of the reverse mortgage product that they may not have uh, really considered as viable options to assist their clients? Well, uh, since the rule change in October 2017 that kind of made it more difficult to just set up the line of credit as a contingency fund of just to deal with any sort of unexpected expense in retirement. I guess most of the attention has turned to helping to reduce sequence risk, whether that is something like the refinancing the traditional mortgage, I understand the most popular use in practice, or just doing that sort of coordinated strategy like the, the Sachs Brothers or the John Salter, Harold Levinsky, Sean Pfeiffer type of an approach. Mm -hmm. I think that's where most of the interest is with it still. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I think that's pretty easy to see. It's, it's certainly a compelling argument in a lot of uh, financial educators and planners that I've spoken with over, over the last couple of years. But um, in terms of the current crisis, again, proprietary reverse mortgages are, of course, a major component of the modern reverse mortgage industry. I'm curious if there's any difference in how those private label products factor into the equation for financial planners who are looking to explore reverse mortgage options, or if that's just sort of a, a beefier version of what the HECM can potentially provide. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not as up to date on all the different proprietary options out there. Of course, a lot of what the HECM program, since 90% are the variable or something like that, are variable rate HECMs that have the line of credit, that, that's, that line of credit is a big part of the HECM discussion. Now, I understand there are some proprietary versions that will have a line of credit. 
but I, I don't know all the details about the different options. But mm-hmm. certainly, if there's a line of credit available, that can be a way for people who may have a more valuable home or a bigger existing mortgage to also then take advantage of this tool. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm, I'm curious, in your position as a professor, how reverse mortgage topics manifest, if at all, in some of the lectures that you give? Because obviously, someone... Uh, learning about the financial sector is something to potentially go into from a young age will have uh, a great impact on on the choices that are ultimately made by a young person seeking out a career in financial planning. When you talk about reverse mortgages in a lecture, what is that conversation like? Because I'm curious if uh, if a younger person who is college aged even thinks about reverse mortgage products. Mm-hmm. So in that regard, probably the most applicable way to discuss that. I do teach a general retirement planning class in the master's program. And we have some time in the classes to have optional topic discussions so that reverse mortgages aren't usually the main in the syllabus for the class, but someone will ask about them. And so that option often becomes one of the optional topics we discuss. And a few times I've had students in that class say, that they always just assumed reverse mortgages were bad and they were super intrigued and <laughs> wanting to a lot of, learn a lot more about them after just having a, a lecture about it in the class. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can absolutely see how that would be eye-opening for someone in a class environment like that. I'm also curious, just in terms of your own operations, uh, how has the pandemic affected elements of your own activities in terms of research, in terms of client communications, and in terms of teaching? Because it seems like nobody has been spared the effects of of this this crisis, and I'm just curious about how it has manifested for you. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I used to do a lot of public speaking, and that's pretty much completely dead now, so I'm at home at this point. I've been trying to spend this time to, I've written three books and my plan was always to write four books. And so this fourth book, I'm taking this opportunity now to really focus on writing the fourth book. The American College has always been a distance-based education program. So in terms of teaching, that's not really being impacted for me other than one in-class residency we were going to, or in-person residency we were planning has been moved online. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, things are pretty much not all that different from before other than no more public speaking for the foreseeable future. Sure. And that's very understandable. It's fascinating to hear just sort of what the journey has been like for you and sort of coming around on reverse mortgage receptivity. And I'm wondering if you have anything else coming up in the in the near future that is, uh, I guess, reverse mortgage specific in content, or what do you have sort of cooking in terms of other webinars that you have planned or papers that you plan to publish, columns? Uh, can you give us any idea of, of what you're working on right now? Yeah, in that regard, I did post a paper online in December that then got sidetracked and never really did any sort of promotion on it. So it's just sitting on the Social Science Research Network. And there's some images in there that are new content that I've used in presentations. But other than being in that article that's just sitting there, haven't really posted. So in that regard, it's still undiscovered research to an extent. And that's where I I show some examples of how this buffer asset concept works, that 
If you're a retiree who is on track to spending your portfolio down to zero by taking distributions every year, just being able to skip one of those distributions has a huge impact on how much money you have at the end of retirement left in your investments. Mm -hmm. And so that opens the intuition or the door to understand, well, yes, there's a cost to a reverse mortgage, but as long as the cost is less than that huge gain to the portfolio, you're going to have a better outcome by using the reverse mortgage. So that's some new research that I, where I'm really trying to explain the intuition behind why the reverse mortgage can help. And unless you've seen it in a presentation I've done, probably it hasn't really gotten out there much yet. Mm -hmm. But sure. it, there's a paper on it. Excellent. Great. Well, Dr. Fow, I can't thank you enough for, for taking the time out of your schedule to join me on the RMD podcast. We really appreciate having you on, and I hope we can have you on again in the future. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to episode 11 of the RMD podcast. Again, a very special thanks to Dr. Wade Fow for being so generous with his time in talking about the intersection of home equity and retirement planning in the midst of the coronavirus crisis. For more news and insights on the reverse mortgage industry, be sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at reversemortgagedaily.com. If you haven't already, subscribe to the RMD podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast content. I'm Chris Clow, and this has been a production of Aging Media Network in Chicago, Illinois. See you next time.